bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away, and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and set her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. For she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she wept over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard. If you mark your Bible, and I hope you do, and God heard the voice of the lad. For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Now let me back up. God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, Why eleth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise and lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, and I will make him a great nation. And God opened, mark that, and God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. Verse number 20, and God was with the lad. Mark that, and God was with the lad. It's not a message, but I'm amazed that, and God, three times in that passage, and it, so it pays to, to note things as you read them. And he dwelt in and he dwelt in wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. With the help of God, I'm going to preach on God had a well in the wilderness. God had a well in the wilderness. Let's go to the throne of grace. Brian, how about you praying? Amen. All right, Jason, come get your candy bar. You had a birthday. All right. And you had an anniversary. Okay, you latecomers, come on up here and get your uh, candy bar. All right. Okay. Amen. Probably need two. Amen. You want to give him one? All right. Okay. All right. Very good. Look this way. The Christian life is a life of hills and valleys. Said the Scottish preacher George Morrison. Deuteronomy 11, 11 says, But the land, whether you go to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. Solomon expressed the same idea when he said, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. It's been said that heaven will be an unending place of joy unspeakable. 
But hell is a place of unending suffering. But it's the journey. It's the journey there. And one of my great passions ever since I've been preaching has been the journey. Why we're making the journey. And getting the victory that we need and uh, that, that God has promised us uh, in this journey. And enjoying and serving God in this journey that God has given us. And Chinese Proverbs said, Nobody's family can hang out the sign, nothing matters here. Oh, I like that. The coming of Isaac in this home brought about uh, sorrow and joy to Abraham and Sarah. Sarah had borne the heavy burden of childlessness uh, all of her life. And, 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 and you have to understand, in, in this culture, uh, that was a monumental thing. It was uh, when a woman could not have a child, it, it was really uh, looked down on. It was considered, uh, she was just not considered um, prosperous. And, and in many cases, they believed that uh, she was cursed because of that. So she had borne all of this, and now Isaac comes into the family. And uh, I believe people smiled when someone heard her husband's name was Abraham, the father of a multitude. Isn't that interesting? They had no children, but his name, father of a multitude. And, but the birth of Isaac brought about much more than parental joy. It brought about much more because that birth meant the fulfillment of God's promise. God had promised uh, uh, Abraham a son, and Isaac was that promised seed. And let me just stop here and just say this. Everything that's going on in the Far East, every, every battle uh, that's raged, every conflict there is, that has been and there is right now comes from the birth of these two boys, Ishmael and Isaac. We know the story of how Ishmael came on the scene. Sarah couldn't have children. And in that custom in that day, they did it often. She said, I've got a handmaid here. You go in and have a, she can have a child for me. And so... Ishmael was born. God said, no, that's not the way I'm going to do it. So he waited till both Sarah and Abraham was very old and well up in the years. And he gave them a son, a miracle child. And that was the promised child that God said, I'm going to produce a nation through. And because of that, there's been a conflict. And it's all about the land. Ishmael said, Abraham was our fa my father, so I got a right to the land. Isaac said, no. Said the promise was given to me, not to you, Ishmael. Abraham was my father, but the promise was given to me. By the way, Isaac is right. That land belongs to the Jews. It does not belong to the Arabs, and it never will. 
And so God accomplishing his purpose, and, and not only that, but the future redemption of a lost world rested in that little boy. Now, we've talked, what we've talked about is wonderful. I, I mean, well, what a great day. But now God is fixing to take this people to a whole new level of growth. And if you're not growing, you're what? Dying. He's fixing to take this people to a whole new level of growth. And what's so intriguing is how he does it. He does it in a very unusual way. Follow with me as, I, as we look into how he does it. First of all, there was a separation, the wilderness. Genesis 21 and 9, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which he had born in Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. So the first thing God done was a separation. He called first a separation of weaning. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Weaning took place between two and three years of age. And it was a celebration. Again, we have to understand in this particular culture, children, most of them didn't live to be two or three. Did not live to be weaned. In this culture, in this, in this time, in history, many, many babies died during this time. So when a child come to the age of weaning, man, they had a, uh, when he would be weaned from its mother, and literally they would have a celebration. I mean, they would have a party because the child was weaning from its mother. Uh, let me stop here and just throw this out to all you new mothers we have in our church. And uh, this is just pastoral advice, but it's good advice. When God gave you those children, He did not give you those children to keep. He gave you those children to train and teach them to leave one day. Your job is a stewardship and training and teaching them to love God and to leave one day. All right? They didn't, God didn't give them to you as a possession for you to keep. And you do a great injustice to a child if you don't train it one day to leave. Because honestly, you're going to leave one day. And if you, they don't know how to handle it by themselves, my dad and mom's gone. Darlene's dad and mom's gone. Thank God somebody taught us to stand on our two feet. And so we must. And there was separation called weaning. But not only during this celebration, during this celebration time, Sarah notices Ishmael over there mocking. That word mock means to ridicule, 
means to make fun of, means to, to, to poke at, uh, if you will, Isaac. And she said, Abraham, that woman's got to go. She's got to go. And that child's got to go. He's, he's not going to be raised with my son. He's got to go. And so there was literally a separation. Not only that, but a separation of worlds. Wherefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. What she was saying, she said, he, he's not going to grow up with him. And she said, he is to leave. And I, let me note this. This is the last words Sarah of Sarah recorded in the Bible. These are the last words she'd ever say that's been recorded. But then notice number C, a separation of wills. The struggle between Isaac and Ishmael was a conflict between flesh and the spirit. Ishmael represented the fleshly nature and Isaac represented the spiritual man. But I want you to know something. It's a hard time. Sometimes we have to understand. Sometimes we just have to do the hard things. I mean, there's some churches that will preach and God is love and let's have a group hug and I'll go home and, and, and sometimes we just have to do the hard things. And this was a hard thing for Abraham. See, Abraham was grieved over Sarah's demands. What he didn't understand was God was working through the concerns of Abraham's wife. Isaiah 21, 11, the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. That word grievous means had uh, uh, his feelings, his, his hurt, he's broken. Genesis 21, 12, though God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of the bondwoman, and all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. God said, Abraham, go ahead and do what she's asked you to do. Because I want you to understand, there's a bigger picture here. May I remind you tonight, we're part of a bigger picture here. It ain't about us. We're part of a bigger picture, a greater picture. He said, Abraham, you go ahead and give her your undivided attention and go ahead and send this woman away because there's a bigger picture. God's doing something greater than what you're seeing. He was broken whenever she said, you know, the boy's got to go. Now, he loved Ishmael. I mean, uh, that was his son. Um, can I just throw this out? And, and it'll help you down the road. Especially you young people. Are you listening? Are you listening? Anything. When it's not birthright. When it's not birthright. And this, this son that come on the scene, Ishmael. When he got on the scene. 
Uh, it wasn't birthright. Abraham should have said, no, Sarah, I'm not going into Hagar. God said he'd give us a son. And God told us he'd give us a son. And Sarah, we just need to wait on God to do this. God don't need our help to do this. Let's just wait on God to take care of this matter. And by the way, I want you to know, God can take care of any matter there is. Any matter there is in our lives. And had, had he done this, had he just simply said, just, just, uh, let's just wait. Let's just wait. But he never. He went into her and Ishmael was born. Man, you, in which, and it was trouble from then on. Be careful how things are birthed. And so we find here that there are times that God allows us to be driven in the wilderness. But even though God allowed these events to happen, don't miss this. God is not abandoning her. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it into Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Bersheba. He gave her he gave her some bread. He gave her a bottle of water. That would have been a skin, would look like a skin. Bottle made out of skin. Give her a bottle of water. And he would send her into a dry, dusty place. Abraham provided her some bread and some water, then sent her away. I couldn't help but think. I just believe Abraham's heart broke having to do this. But I find this old man of God, even in the midst of a broken heart, he obeyed God. Don't miss this. Even in the midst of his heart being shattered, he went ahead and obeyed God anyway. You know, if you want to be right with God, we just got to obey God. And our obedience ain't hinged on what somebody else does. You can't use a claim. Well, they done this and I, I can't be right with God. No, that's a lie. Your right with God is between you and God. And it all comes down to our obedience. It all comes down to our obedience. See, the reality is, this old man, she had nowhere to go. No one to turn to. And she ended up in a wilderness. She's gone through a hard time. And after all that, she found herself in a hard place. It was a hurtful time. And wandered in the wilderness of Bathsheba. She found herself just literally wandering around, helpless, in a dry, dusty place. It could be you're here tonight. And you're in such a place. Life had taken a serious reversal. One minute she's in the house of Abraham and now she's got a little boy by her side treading him just wandering around in the wilderness. Nowhere to go. Not knowing what to do. A few years ago the press carried a heartbreaking story of a young father who shot himself in a, ta in a tavern telephone booth. 
His name was James Lee. James Lee had called a Chicago newspaper and told a reporter he had sent the paper a manila envelope outlining his story. The reporter frantically tried to retrace the call, and, but it was too late. When police got there, the young man was slumped in the boots with a bullet through his head. In his pocket, they found a child's crayon drawing, much folded and worn, and on it was written, Please leave in my coat pocket. I want to have it buried with me. The drawing was signed in a childish print by his daughter, Shirley Lee, who had perished in the fire just five months before. His wife had been dead since the child was two, and when his daughter died, he became so grieved that he felt there's nothing else to do. He said, I want you to tell this story that maybe in 10 or 20 years someone will see it and wonder who Shirley Ellen Lee was and say somebody must have loved her very, very much. We find in this story, this woman, can you see her? She's got a little boy. She's got some bread, not a lot. She's got a bottle of water, one bottle of water. She's going out of the wilderness. And before long, before long, she's going to run out. She knows not what to go. It was a helpless time. In verse 15, the Bible says, and the water was spent in the bottle. Means the bottle's empty. Now, if it couldn't got any worse, the bottle's empty. Notice, here's this woman. I believe her face is red and her eyes are swollen before she's wept, knowing what am I going to do? She's got this child, and the baby's hungry, thirsty, and the bottle's spent. The water's empty. She takes the child and she puts it up under a shrub. And she goes to buy the bow shot. Now I don't know exactly what a bow shot is. But it must have been enough distance where she could not hear the child cry or not hear it vividly. And she starts weeping. There's a truth here that I see all through the Bible. God never sends Elijah until the barrel was empty. God never healed the woman with the issue of blood till she'd spent all. God never changed the water into wine till they had run completely out. The prodigal never got help in the far country till he come to the end of himself. Are you to the end of a situation? Now, 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 you're a candidate for God to help you. When we run to the end of ourselves, bottles empty, 
She has nothing. She can't figure this one out. She has no solution. She has no remedy. She has nothing. When you come to the end of yourself, when you come to the end of a situation, you become a candidate for God to step in and do something wonderful. You wonder why God doesn't do something for some folks? They've never come to the end of themselves. They can handle it themselves. They got money. They, they, they can buy what they need. They, they can finagle around. They can do whatever they need. They've not come to the end of themselves. Notice, source. She went and sat under, down over against him a good way off, as it were, a bow shop. For she said, let me not see the death of this child, of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. After placing her son under his bush, trying to protect him as much as she could, but she could no longer hear her son's groans and moans. There seemed to be no hope, no help. I want you to know something. There, there's a God in heaven. Notice he hears us. And God heard the voice of the lad. Matter of fact, God didn't have to say something but once. But he records an angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Twice God said, I've heard Ishmael. I've heard his voice. I wonder, what did Ishmael say? What is he say? I don't know. Help! I don't know. The Bible says he heard his voice. And he heard his voice. God heard the voice of the lad. And he heard her cry. The disciples were on a stormy sea and it seemed they were going to sink. Jesus is asleep in the hinder part of the ship. Storm didn't wake him. Thunder didn't arouse him. But the moment the disciples cried out, he awoke. Psalms 34 15. And the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. God hears you when you cry out to him. Now this is not, this is not lay me down to sleep praying. This is not kind of praying we do maybe at a table. Oh no. When you come to the end of yourself, you'll pray a little different. Notice Psalms 18, 6. In my distress, I called unto the Lord and then cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him even into his ears. There's a God in heaven that hears us. But may I remind you, there's a God in heaven that helps us. And God opened her eyes. And she saw a whale of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. Her bottle was empty. But God provided her a whale. 
He didn't give her just another bottle. Listen, that would have been exhausting in a few hours or a few days. But he gave her an endless supply of water. God help us tonight. God help us to get a hold of something. God help us to recognize that God is the answer to everything we have. Gosh, we can just get that. He's the answer. He's got an endless supply of whatever you need. Endless supply. See, we best we can do, the best we can do is give somebody a bottle of water. But he didn't give you the well. Amen? And he gave her a well. I think of my poor woman from the slums of London was invited by some friends to go to them to the beach, to the ocean. She'd never been out of London and never seen the ocean. When she saw the ocean, first, first time she broke out in tears. And they asked her, why are you crying? She said, this is the only thing I've seen that there was enough of. This is the only thing I've seen this was enough of. God will give you a well. That's enough. God, God help us. God help us tonight. I want to ask you a question. Look this way. Ask you a question. Are you saved? Raise your hand. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're saved. Then why in God's name are we not running to God for every need we have? He hears us. He helps us. Could it be we're so prideful and stubborn and rebellious that we will not let God help us? Could it be that? Why don't we run? Why don't we run? I was thinking today, thinking today, some of the greatest needs of our church, when all this call was given, you'll sit there and not move towards God one bit. And I'm thinking, don't you know God will hear you and help you if you let him? If you're waiting for God to come back there and grab you by the arm, that's what happened to Jimmy. I grabbed him by the arm. See what happened? Amen. I'm not going to do that again. Do you understand? God's going to grab you by the arm and drag you. But if you'll let him, he'll help you. Well, do you want help? He ain't going to force himself. My God's not a tyrant. She's there. She begins to cry. And the lad begins to talking to God. I don't know what he said. Whatever he said, God heard him. And God opened her eyes. Said God's source. Separation brought you to the wilderness. But I've got a source. And it's a well. And it's in the wilderness. Now, don't you listen to me. Some of the greatest places you can be in your Christian life, if you let it, can be a wilderness. When it looks like nothing's happening. 
when it looks like there's no hope, when it looks like nothing's working, when it looks like nothing's happening in my marriage, when it looks like nothing's happening in that job, when it looks like God's not doing anything in my life, and you're in a wilderness time, right then, God's got a source because he had a whale in the wilderness. In the wilderness, some of the greatest times. And I believe sometimes, now I'm going to speak for myself. I think sometimes God has to run me into a wilderness so I stop long enough. Wave the white flag of surrender and let him help me. Because I'm going to tell you my greatest problem. My greatest problem is not you. It's not Darlene. It's not my children. Hey, by the way, let me say something. I'm happy. It's going to help every marriage in this church. Quit trying to fix people. The only person you can fix is yourself. Only person in this world you'll ever change is yourself. But I know me. And I'm telling you, when I got problems, I want to fix them. I'll figure, I'll finagle, I'll, 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 I'll manipulate, I'll do whatever, I'll try my dead level best to fix it. I'll come up with a plan. I mean, I'll tell you, and I'm a good fix-it man. I'm a good fix-it man. That's what I do. Only to see that thing collapse like a house of cards. And being in that wilderness when I didn't know which way to go, which way to turn. And God says, by the time you got here, I've been listening to you and I got help for you. Right over there is a a source. There's a whale. It ain't a bottle of water. It's a whale. It ain't some water. It's a whole whale. It ain't just a help for a little while. It's help for a long time. It ain't help for today. It's help for eternity. He said, I got a source and a whale. And sometimes God has to get us in a wilderness to be able to do that. Now maybe you say, well, I've never been there. Well, you might get there one day. God can put you in a wilderness where your money, your ability, your thinking, your, your actions, your work can't get you out of it. Notice number three, a sovereign work. First of all, separation in the wilderness. Number two, a source, the whale. But then notice number three, the sovereign work. Hagar, arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. Notice what God said I'll do. God said, I'm going to make him great. It looks like the curtain's about to drop on the life of Ishmael and Hagar when suddenly a voice comes out to Hagar out of heaven. The words were encouragement and compassion. Hagar is encouraged not to fear. God opened her eyes. Their strength's restored. And God said, I'm going to make a great nation out of him. I know he's Abraham's son. By the way, he has. He has. 
Arab nations are some of the wealthiest in the world. They are a great nation. God said, I know he's Abraham's son. I'll make a great nation. Then that's what he said. And I'm going to make him to grow. And God was with the lad. And God was with the lad. And he grew. And dwelt in the wilderness and become an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness, a plan, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. Literally, he set up home in the wilderness. Ishmael grew to be an archer. The wilderness and the whale were the instruments to get him to a place of growth. Don't miss this. The wilderness and the whale were instruments to get him to this place of growth. Psalms 119.71 makes a statement that is so challenging. It is good for me that I had been afflicted that I might learn thy statures. Have you ever been in a place where you couldn't weasel yourself out of it? You couldn't figure your way out of it? You couldn't buy your way out of it. Have you ever been in a place where literally there was just no other way? If God didn't do it, it just wasn't going to get done. That time, that time is when you grow, when you grew in the Lord more than any other time in your Christian life. When you're shouting on the mountaintop, you're doing, the, you're doing the shouting. You're not listening. Are you listening? Now, I ain't above shouting. Boy, can't mean they get on with it over there. I tell you, they do. I mean, they, they get on with it. And I'm okay with that. But while you're busy shouting, you're not listening. But when you get in the valley, when you get in that place, and you're out of everything, and you know where else to go, when you're there, you can listen to what he's got to say. And when we listen, we grow. I went down to see Miss Peggy Monday. She made a statement. And I come home and wrote this message. She made this statement. She's very sick, has been sick. She looked at me and she said, I hope I learn all God wants to teach me while I'm here. She's the second time in the hospital. She was once. Now she had to go back. She said, I hope... God, and just tears run down her face. She said, I hope I learn all that God wants to teach me here. And I thought, what a powerful place to be. And I said, you will. God will teach you. God's got a well in the wilderness. Some of you are trying to fight the wilderness trying to run from the wilderness. You're trying to fight everybody else in the wilderness. Oh, but you, you need to just run to God.
and when she cried out, why did she cry out? Bottle's empty. The bottle's empty. Some of you won't cry out. Particle didn't cry out. I'm going to foreign country. I got to talk about it. I'm in control. I got money. I've got it whooped. He didn't cry out until he got to the hog pen. Broke as a convict. He didn't come to himself until he was just empty. About ready to stick his hand in that slop bucket and eat that slop. He was so hungry. If you've ever slopped hogs, that about makes me sick to think about it. I mean, it's nasty. You know what? About ready to, you know why? Because he comes to the wilderness and the bottle is spent. Bottle is spent. I don't know where you're at tonight. Don't know where anybody's at. But I know this. I believe John 7, 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He said, out of you should be a river of living water. Revelation 22, 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that hear say, Come. And let him that thirst come. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. You, you reckon, you understand, God has always had a well. He's always got water for the thirsty soul. Here's the question. Are you thirsty? Do you want it? I'm convinced about 90% of Christians don't want it. They don't want any more than what they got. They, they want fire insurance. They want enough to go to heaven on. But they want to live for themselves. And they don't want it. So maybe that 10% here tonight, you're in that wilderness and you want water from God. He has it. So I'll stand to her feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed.